Trump's phone call with Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. Mr. Reagan. So, Nancy Pelosi has announced on the basis of the content of this phone call that Donald Trump shall be impeached or that an impeachment inquiry shall begin or something like that. Okay, so let's have a look at the entire phone call and see precisely what Trump said. After I read this transcript, I would like you to think about this. Does this conversation make a strong foundation for an impeachment inquiry? I will, of course, give you my thoughts afterwards, but you'll need to decide for yourself. Now, hold on. Before I read this transcript, let me try to sell you something. Over the last 30 days, Capital One, the Central Bank of Europe, and the great state of Texas have all been hacked in major data breaches. This is starting to get out of control, guys. Who's going to be next? One of the best things that you can do to help protect yourself online is to invest in a VPN or a virtual private network. This allows you to create a secure connection to another network over the internet. VPNs can be used to shield your browsing activity from prying eyes, whether on public Wi-Fi, in a foreign country, or just at home. Here, let me show you how easy this is. Go to www.virtualshield.com, download the free 30-day trial, install it, and click Connect. This month, Virtual Shield is offering their anniversary special of 30% off all VPN plans and all premium add-ons, including Protection Plus, Residential Access, and VIP performance plans for as low as a cup of coffee. Sign up for a free 30-day trial to Virtual Shield VPN and see what all the hype is about. You have nothing to lose. I love it when they say what all the hype is about. I don't think there's that much hype. Nevertheless, it's a good investment. Go to the website, check it out. All right, now let's read this transcript. Vladimir Zelensky, congratulations on a great victory. We all watched from the United States and you did a terrific job. The way you came from behind, somebody who wasn't given much of a chance and you ended up winning easily. It's a fantastic achievement. Congratulations. You are absolutely right, Mr. President. We did win big and we worked hard for this. We worked a lot, but I would like to confess to you that I had an opportunity to learn from you. We used quite a few of your skills and knowledge and we were able to use it as an example for our elections and yes, it's true that these were unique elections. We were in a unique situation that we were able to achieve a unique success. The first time you called me to congratulate me when I won my presidential election. The second time, you're now calling me when my party won the parliamentary election. You know what? I think I should run more often so that you can call me more often and uh, we can talk on the phone more often. <laughs> that is a very good idea. I think your country is, is very happy about that. Well, yeah. To tell you the truth, we, we're trying to work hard because... You know, we want to drain the swamp here in our country. We brought in many new people, uh, not the old politicians, not the typical politicians, because we want to have a, a new format and a new type of government. You are a great teacher for us in that. Well, that is very nice of you to say. I, I will say that we do a lot for Ukraine. We spend a, a lot of effort, a lot of time, much more than the other European countries are doing, and, and they should be helping you more than they are. Germany does almost nothing for you guys, all right? Uh, all they do is talk, and, and I, I think it's something that you should really ask them about. When, when I was speaking to Angela Merkel, you know, she talks about Ukraine, but she doesn't do anything. A lot of the European countries are the same way, so I think it's something you may want to look at 
Uh, but the United States has has been very, very good to Ukraine. I wouldn't say that it's reciprocal necessarily because, you know, things are happening that are not good. But the United States has been very good to Ukraine. Yeah, you know what? You are absolutely right. Not not only 100%, but actually 1,000%. And I can tell you the, the following. I did talk to Angela Merkel, and I did meet with her. And I also met with and, and talked with Macron. And I told them that they were not doing quite as much as they needed to be doing on the issues uh, with the sanctions. They're not enforcing the sanctions. They are not working as much as they should for Ukraine. It turns out that even though logically the European Union should be our biggest partner, but technically the United States is a much bigger partner than the European Union. And I'm very grateful to you for that because the United States is doing quite a lot for Ukraine, much more than the European Union, especially when we're talking about sanctions against the Russian Federation. I would also like to thank you for your great support in the area of defense. We're ready to continue to cooperate for the next steps. Specifically, we are almost ready to buy more javelins from the United States for defense purposes. Yeah, yeah. I'd like you to do us a favor, though, because our country has been through a lot and Ukraine knows a lot about it. I'd like you to find out what happened with this whole situation with Ukraine. They they say CrowdStrike. I guess you have one of your wealthy people, the server. They say Ukraine has it. Uh, there's a lot of things that went on, the whole situation. I think you are surrounding yourself with some of the same people. I would like to have the attorney general uh, call you or your people, and I'd like you to get to the bottom of it. Um, as you saw yesterday, that whole nonsense ended with a very poor performance by a man named Robert Mueller, an incompetent performance. But they say a lot of it started with Ukraine. Um, whatever you can do, it's very important that you do it, uh, you know, if that's possible. Yes, it is very important for me. And everything that you just mentioned earlier, for me as a president, it's very important that we are open for any future cooperation. We're ready to open a whole new page on cooperation in relations between the United States and Ukraine. Uh, for that purpose, I just called our ambassador from the United States, and he will be replaced by a very competent and very experienced ambassador who will work hard on making sure that our two nations are getting closer. I would also like and hope to see him having your trust and your confidence and having personal relations with you so that you can cooperate even more so. Uh, I will personally tell you that one of my assistants spoke with Mr. Giuliani just recently, and we are hoping very much that Mr. Giuliani will be able to travel to Ukraine, and we will uh, meet once he comes to Ukraine. I just want to assure you once again that you have nobody but friends around us. I will make sure that I surround myself with the best, most experienced people. I also want to tell you that we're friends. We are great friends. You Mr. President, have friends in our country so we can continue our strategic partnership. I also plan to surround myself with great people and in addition to that investigation. I guarantee as the president of Ukraine that all the investigations will be done openly and candidly. That I can assure you. Good, because I heard that you had uh, a prosecutor who was very good and he was shut down and, and that you know that's really unfair. A lot of people are talking about that, the way they shut your very good prosecutor down and you had some very bad people involved. Mr. Giuliani is a highly respected man. He was the mayor of New York City, great mayor, and I would like him to call you. I will ask him to call you along with the attorney general. Uh, Rudy very much knows what's happening and he's a very capable guy. If you could speak with him, that would be great. The, the former ambassador of the United States, the woman, uh, she was bad news, and the people she was dealing with in the Ukraine were bad news. So I just wanted to let you know that. 
The other thing, there's a lot of talk about Biden's son, that Biden stopped the prosecution. And a lot of people want to find out about that. So whatever you can do with the attorney general, that would be great. Biden went around bragging that he'd stopped the prosecution. So if you can look into it, I mean, it sounds horrible to me. Yeah, I wanted to tell you about the prosecutor. First of all, I understand and I'm knowledgeable about the situation. Since since we have won the absolute majority in our parliament, the next prosecutor general will be 100% my person, my candidate who will be approved by the parliament and will start as a new prosecutor in September. He or she uh, will look into the situation specifically to the company that you mentioned in this issue. This issue of the investigation of the case is actually an issue of making sure to restore honesty. Uh, So we'll take care of that and we'll work on the investigation uh, of that case. On top of that, I would kindly ask you if you have any additional information that you can provide to us, that would be very helpful for the investigation to make sure that we administer justice in our country. Uh, with regard to the ambassador to the United States from Ukraine, as far as I um, I recall, her name was Ivanovich. Uh, that was great. You were the first one who told me that she was a bad ambassador because I agree with you 100%. Her attitude toward me was far from the best. She admired the previous president. You know, she was on his side. She just she just wouldn't accept me as the new president, or at least not well enough. Well, you know, she's going through some things. Um, I'm going to have Mr. Giuliani give you a call, and I'm also going to have the Attorney General Barr call you, and we will get to the bottom of it. Look, I'm sure you'll figure it out. Uh, I heard the prosecutor was treated very badly, and he was a very fair prosecutor, so good luck with everything. You know, your economy is going to get better and better, I predict, and you'll have a lot of assets. It's a great country. Um, I have many Ukrainian friends. They are incredible people. You know, I'd like to tell you, I also have quite a few Ukrainian friends that live in the United States. And actually, last time I traveled the United States, I stayed in New York near Central Park. And I stayed at Trump Tower. I will, of course, talk to them and I hope to see them in the future. I also wanted to thank you for your invitation to visit the United States, specifically Washington, D.C. I also want to ensure you that we're going to be very serious about the case and we will work on this investigation. Uh, As to the economy, there is much potential for our two countries. And one of the things that's very important for Ukraine is energy independence. I believe that can be very successful in cooperating on energy independence with the United States we're already working on cooperation. We're, we're buying American oil. But I am very hopeful for a future meeting. We'll, we'll have more time and more opportunities to discuss these opportunities and to get to know each other better. And I'd like to thank you very, very much for your support. Good. Well, thank you very much. And I appreciate that. I'll tell Rudy and the Attorney General Barr to call. Uh, thank you. When it, you know, Whenever you'd like to come to the White House, feel free to call. Give us a date and, and we'll work it out. I look forward to seeing you again. Thank you very much. I would be very happy to come and would be happy to meet with you personally and get to know you better. I'm looking forward to our meeting. And also, I'd like to invite you to visit Ukraine and come to the city of Kiev, which is a beautiful city. We have a beautiful country which would welcome you. Uh, on the other hand, I believe that in September, on September 1st, uh, we're going to be in Poland. We can meet in Poland, hopefully. And after that, it might be a good idea for you to travel to Ukraine. We can either take my plane and go to Ukraine, or we can take your plane, which is probably much better than mine. <laughs> okay, you know what? We can work that out. I, I look forward to seeing you in Washington and uh, maybe in Poland, because I think we're going to be there at that time. So Th- Thank you very much, Mr. President. Congratulations on the fantastic job that you've done. The whole world was watching. I'm not sure it was so much of an upset, but congratulations. All right. Thank you, Mr. President. Bye-bye. End of conversation. 
Okay, so let's break this down. It seems to me like the biggest favor that Trump asked from Zelensky was to investigate election interference. He talks about CrowdStrike. CrowdStrike is a company that tied the hacking of the DNC servers to Russia. So Trump is trying to investigate that. You're going to see a lot on CNN and some of the other left-wing news organizations that Trump specifically asks for a favor. And somehow that's supposedly some kind of proof that Trump is acting corrupt or something. I'm not really sure why using the word favor suddenly makes it nefarious or something like that. Uh, But another thing you have to realize is even if asking for a favor is somehow indicative of corruption, which I, I don't believe in any way that it is, but okay, even if it were, he didn't ask for a favor about the Biden situation. He asked specifically for a favor about international election interference. So when they say on CNN, when they write in the little thing or whatever, they talk about it and they say Trump was asking for a favor, Trump was asking for a favor, it's not relevant to the Biden situation at all. They're conflating two separate parts of the phone call that have nothing to do with each other at all. So why is he asking about this CrowdStrike thing, about this information about the DNC servers and all this kind of stuff? Well, some have speculated that Ukraine was involved in the hacking of these DNC servers or whatever. Okay, so it makes sense to ask... Okay, so if Trump thinks that might be true, it makes sense to ask Ukraine about it. Um, The left-wing media is calling this a conspiracy theory for some reason. I really, you know what? They really have to stop using that term. They become addicted to it. They call everything that they disagree with or maybe they don't know enough about a conspiracy theory. But whatever, the mainstream media are morons. The truth is that this conversation is actually exculpatory with regard to Russian collusion. If, If Trump's guilty of collusion, why is he still investigating this stuff? Also, the left keeps criticizing Trump for not combating international election interference. This is actually clear evidence that he is doing exactly that. But is Trump threatening to withhold financial aid to Ukraine if they don't cooperate with the election interference investigation? I mean, that's what it sounds like. And OMG, Zelensky said he stayed at the Trump Tower in New York? Emoluments clause, emoluments clause. Clearly, Trump is being bribed. Zelensky's obviously illegally influencing Trump here. And, and what did Zelensky say about buying American oil? Was that a threat? Trump doesn't do exactly what Zelensky asks. He's threatening to stop staying at Trump hotels and buying American oil. <laughs> and, then, and then Trump invites him to the White House. Was that a bribe? Trump is bribing foreign leaders? You know what? That's it. That is it. AOC, get him. <laughs> All right, enough silliness. All right, look, no, there is nothing corrupt here. This was a great conversation. It was a bit saccharine. I mean, it was... Did you hear how sweet and beautiful and charming and delightful? And it was lovely. I I think the only scandal here is that Trump and Zelensky are clearly in love. (laughs) I I, I mean, who's going to tell Melania? (laughs) But seriously, this is what world leaders are supposed to do. Talking about your positive relationship and talking about what you need from each other, this is simply good diplomacy. Look, we need election interference investigated. We need this Biden thing investigated. If we don't ask countries to help us with issues that are related to those countries, we're severely limiting ourselves. That's what international diplomacy is all about. So why is the left going so crazy about this? I mean, Obviously, they hate Trump, but how can they justify it when clearly there was nothing sinister about this phone call? Allow me to play for you 
Don Lemon's interpretation of this phone call, this phone call that Trump had with Zelensky. This is how Don Lemon reimagines this call. And I think this will illustrate exactly what the left is thinking here. Imagine this. A meeting between two people who want to do business together, okay? Two folks who want to do business together. One of them is a lot more powerful than the other one. The powerful one says, you know, we do a lot for you, but it hasn't been reciprocal. Things are happening that are not good, but you've been really good. We've been really good to you. I would like you to do us a favor, though. I would like you to investigate something. Let's call it, say, CrowdStrike. I'm going to have one of my top department heads call you about it so you can get to the bottom of it. It's important you do that, if that's possible. The reply from the less powerful person, yes, it is. Important to me, too. The powerful person says, good, because I heard you had this other problem. It's about new business, a new business rival, my main new business rival and his son. Look into it. It sounds horrible to me. Now, the other person who at this point has got to see where all of this is going, says, oh, yes, we will take care of that and we will work on the investigation. Please provide us any additional information that you can. And then a powerful person says, I'll have my personal representative and my top department head call. We will get to the bottom of it. I'm sure you will figure it out. Hmm. Good luck with everything. Your economy is going to get better and better, I predict. That is the essence of what happened in this call. Don Lemon's interpretation of this phone call is like a mashup, right? It's a mashup between the call and the movie The Godfather. <laughs> and this is why the left keeps digging themselves into these holes. They, they keep imagining all of these things that aren't happening. This is the essence of what the president communicates. We've been very good to your country. Very good. No other country has done as much as we have. But you know what? I don't see much reciprocity here. I hear what you want. I have a favor I want from you, though. And I'm going to say this only seven times, so you better listen good. I want you to make up dirt on my political opponent, understand lots of it. On this and on that, you know what I'm asking, and so I'm only going to say this a few more times, in a few more ways. And by the way, don't call me again. I'll call you when you've done what I asked. This is, in sum and character, what the president was trying to communicate. Dancing and prancing around in crazy land. <laughs> Again, reminding a country of a positive relationship and in the same call indicating what you need from them. These are just sensible conversation points. They're not necessarily related. Naturally, if a country refuses to ever cooperate with an allied country, their positive relationship will deteriorate. So there is that, I suppose, natural threat. But that's going to be true whether Trump wants it to be true or not. Uh, Trump isn't manufacturing this consequence, and he certainly isn't leveraging it. Biden, however, did manufacture a consequence during his negotiation. He admits to having done it. 
the way the left sees it, the difference between the Biden scandal and the Trump scandal is motivation. Was Biden motivated by a passion against corruption or orders from the administration or pressure from the international community? Or did he do it to protect his son? I don't know the answer to that. But the fact that there is a clear conflict of interest here raises the possibility that it was done to protect his son. Investigating that is not unreasonable. Then there is the question of Trump's motivation. Was his motivation to take out a political opponent or was it justice? In Trump's case, it doesn't actually matter because there is clear evidence to suggest that Biden may well have committed a crime. What he did was incredibly suspicious. Trump has a responsibility to investigate that. It would be irresponsible for Trump to dismiss it. If Biden is the kind of guy, and we know from China that he is, if he's the type of guy to leverage his office per for personal gain, we as voters should know that. Of course, the left is convinced that Trump is doing this because Biden is his political adversary, but they just dismiss the possibility that Biden might be guilty. The left suddenly seems to think that any criminal investigation into a presidential candidate is somehow corrupt, even though they just did this to Trump for like three years. Suddenly, this is an abuse of power. Where were you guys when Hillary and Obama and the FBI were doing this to Trump? Now suddenly you're sensitive to this stuff? And there was no real evidence against Trump. The evidence was manufactured. But there is evidence against Biden, his own admission. If you admit to a crime, you need to be investigated for that crime. Biden running for president does not give him immunity to the law. Running for president is not a get out of jail free card. Biden said that he convinced the Obama administration to give Ukraine a billion dollars, which he was then responsible for handing over. But instead of handing it over, he leveraged that billion dollars to get a prosecutor general who was investigating his son fired. Pay attention to what I just said. He was the one, Biden was the one that convinced the Obama administration to give Ukraine the money in the first place. He then leveraged that money for his own personal gain. Let me play the clip so that I can show you. I remember going over convincing our team, our <coughs> others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from... Uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah, I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, "You're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here." And I think it was what six hours. I looked. I said, "I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money." Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. I remember going over convincing our team, our <coughs> others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. I remember going over convincing our team, our <coughs> others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. I remember going over convincing our team, our <coughs> others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. You see, he says that he, he orchestrated the entire thing. To just dismiss this as Biden having a great heart is ridiculous. And you know what's even crazier about all of this? Biden isn't even the Democrat nominee. There are other candidates still. 
And even if Biden becomes the nominee, he can't beat Trump anyway. Nobody is afraid of Biden. Okay, nobody on the right, no, I'm not afraid of Biden. Trump isn't afraid of Biden. Nobody on the right believes that if Joe Biden gets the nomination, he's going to beat Trump. None of us are afraid of that. Okay, so to think, oh, we got to take out Biden because he's so dangerous. We don't think like that. Okay, that's how you guys think. That's how the left thinks. Okay. The left is always like, oh, Trump is somehow unbeatable. We've got to take him out somehow. We've got to impeach him. We've got to find some kind of legal way that we can get him out because we're never going to get him out through an election. We don't think that way. We don't think like, oh, you know, we got to take out Elizabeth Warren or, or Bernie Sanders. We, we don't care about these people because they are not a threat to us, okay? And this whole case, this whole case against Biden that, that Trump brought up, this is not just some unsubstantiated rumor. Biden said this, okay? The only reason we know about it is because he bragged about it. I would actually be with the left-wing media here if I thought Trump was being shady. But two things would have to be very different. One, if Biden was the actual nominee, okay? But he's not. He's just a guy running for president. There's lots of people running for president, okay? If they commit crimes, we still have to investigate them. Running for president doesn't give you instant immunity to the law. Second thing, if his Ukraine extortion deal was just some unlikely rumor or something, right? So if, if both of those things were true, right? So if Biden was the actual nominee and he was head-to-head with Trump, and if this Ukraine thing was just a, a, some kind of a rumor that was unsubstantiated, probably a lie, but, you know, whatever. If Trump was then, you know, aggressively looking into this, to me it would seem like, yeah, well, he's just trying to take out Biden. But first of all, Biden is not the nominee. He's just a guy running for president. And secondly, he probably is guilty of this crime. I mean, it seems pretty darn suspicious. And thirdly, Trump is pretty passive in suggesting that the president look into this. He wasn't, I, I didn't, when I was reading that transcript, it didn't seem like there was a lot of pressure there. There certainly wasn't any kind of quid pro quo. There wasn't any kind of threat. I mean, it was just, oh, hey, yeah, there's this thing that happened that people want to know about. Can you look into it? The way that the left distorts this whole phone call is mental. But you know what? Biden can't beat Trump in 2020, and the left knows that. In fact, the entirety of the 2020 Democrats running for president, they are all a joke. And this is why they're trying to impeach Trump. They can't beat him in a fair election, and so they're trying to oust him via impeachment. And they claim that Trump is a danger to democracy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that's the transcript. Does this conversation make a strong foundation for an impeachment inquiry? You have my opinion, but you'll have to decide for yourself. And remember, it's not that our liberal friends are ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. Good night. All right. I'd like to meet Zelensky. He's such such a cool dude. You know, someone very profoundly once said many years ago that if fascism ever comes to America, it'll come in the name of liberalism. Fascism is private ownership, but total government control and regulation. Well, isn't this the liberal philosophy? The conservative, so-called, is the one that says, less government, get off my back, get out of my pocket, let me have more control of my own destiny.